Season 2, Episode 69, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism. Season 2, Episode 69 is entitled by A.T. Robertson, The Last Visit to Nazareth. The first visit was at the beginning of his Galilean ministry where they uh, attempted to throw him off a cliff, the cliff of Nazareth. If you visit Nazareth, from what I understand, you would see a notable uh, cliff near that city. Or town, well, maybe a city today. Anyway, uh, we're going to take a look at six verses in Mark. We're going to take a look at six verses in Matthew. Uh, this last visit took place approximately a year after his first visit at the beginning of the great Galilean ministry when he came from his year of obscurity, and now in a year he is. Pretty famous. I'm going to reduce the area. I did a little more math on a map and say it's approximately 5,000 square miles. But that's just a guess. I mean, somewhere around. Approximately means approximately. Four, six, something like that. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, these podcasts are based on, or at least season two is based on A.T. Robertson's A Harmony of the Gospels for Students of the Life of Christ. Copyright 1922, and C.I. Schofield's Schofield Reference Bible, copy, copyright 1909. Uh, like I said, I'd like, before we get into uh, episode uh, 69, Last Visit to Nazareth, I'd like to go back to, uh, just to review quickly, uh, eight verses in Matthew chapter 9, when Jesus heals two blind men and a dumb demoniac, uh, and suffers another blasphemous accusation that he does this through. Uh, they can't deny that he does great miracles, but they don't take the approach of Nicodemus who says, we know you come from God because no man can do the miracles that you do except God be with him. And that took place approximately a year and a half before this, about six months into his great Galilean ministry. And we're at the two-year mark, approximately a year from his crucifixion. All right, um, so if we're going to review a little bit these eight verses, let's go back to, open your Bible to Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. I, I repeat it so many times because when I listen to it, I like to follow along. Uh, it's a little more work, but uh, I like to follow along in the Bible. But if you don't, that's fine too. I also listen to it in the car, and I obviously I don't follow along in the Bible. So it's kind of uh, more, more, almost more enjoyable for me to not follow along in the Bible. But anyway, moving right along. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. In verse 27, this is, uh, this is entitled, this is episode 68. Uh, Jesus heals two blind men and a dumb demoniac and suffers a blasphemous accusation that he does this through the prince of the devils. So Beelzebub, whatever. All right, verse 27, chapter Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. And when Jesus departed thence, um, pretty sure that's Capernaum. Oh, man. Departed thence. Uh, yeah, episode 67 was on the streets of Capernaum. So he's uh, somewhere 
in the hills around the Sea of Galilee, in my opinion. Um, and when Jesus, Jesus departed thence, Capernaum, two blind men followed him, and crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when Jesus was come into the house, and that house, I'm guessing, was either Andrew and Peter's that's mentioned in Capernaum, or it could be uh, Matthew, who was, a, I think, a wealthy tax collector. Um, but Jesus didn't have a place to lay his head that he owned. He, he left that behind. The blind men came in to him into the house. I guess they had pretty open doors back then. And Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this. They said unto him, Yea, Lord. And he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that, <laughs> excuse me, seeing that no man, see that no man know it. But they, the two blind men, uh, when they were departed, spread abroad Jesus' fame in all that country. Oh, that's a common English word for all the land around a town is the country of that town. Uh, verse 32, Matthew chapter 9, verse 32. And as they went out, the two blind men, they brought to him a dumb man possessed of a devil. The dumb demoniac, in the words of, uh, I guess, the, at least A.T. Robertson, a um, hundred years ago. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never so seen in Israel. And verse 34. Here comes the blasphemous accusation. But the Pharisees said, the Pharisees, I think, work out of the synagogue. They're also definitely in Jerusalem, too. They have two sects, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, very different. Pharisees believe they're good enough to get to heaven. The Sadducees think that, well, they believe in works for salvation. And the Pharisee and the Sadducees don't believe there is a heaven or a hell. We kind of go with the the uh, Jehovah Witness idea of annihilation, I guess. All right. Well, Jesus definitely believes in heaven and hell. He talks about, read again, read Luke chapter 16. All right. Um, so we're going to take a look at um, A.T. Robertson's note here in, in episode 69, the last visit to Nazareth. I guess 100 years ago there was some debate about this, and there may be still today, I don't know. But anyway, A.T. Robertson writes, uh, there is no sufficient occasion to identify this visit to Nazareth with that described by Luke. Luke describes the initial visit to Nazareth when he started his uh, great Galilean ministry, and they tried to kill him, throw him headlong, headfirst off a cliff. But it wasn't his time. And he could pretty much control things like that. When they came to get him a year later for a crucifixion, they all fell on the ground every time he said, I am. We're looking for Jesus. I am. As soon as he said, I am he, they all fell on the ground. I don't, maybe as many as three times. 
Peter was emboldened to cut off someone's ear, you know, to protect Jesus. But anyway, um, that continuing his note on the word last, last visit to Nazareth, that at the very beginning of the great, speaking of the visit to Nazareth described by Luke, was at the very beginning of the great Galilean ministry, and this is at its close. Again, these are 100-year-old words by A.T. Robertson. Not scripture, but just a, a note of explanation. That details, the details are quite different. So uh, that's another reason to believe that it's a different account than the one Luke gives. Uh, it is perfectly natural after a long interval, he should give the Nazarenes another opportunity to hear his teachings. This is very weak hermeneutics, in my opinion. When you're depending on natural, that's just kind of weak, in my in my personal opinion. But um, the fact that there's a lot of water under the bridge, the fact that the the details are different, he does miracles here. Um, he is received by some believers. And I don't see how they. Uh, A.T. Robertson calls it their wonderful unbelief, their marvelous unbelief, their unbelievable unbelief. He's using it as a as a poetic device, wonderful unbelief. It, there's nothing wonderful about unbelief, especially the end thereof. But it is unbelievable that they don't believe. And they don't in Nazareth for the whole, for the majority, which is pretty unbelievable, but... Anyway, which he, uh, and it is, I'm going to read the one that I don't like, but it is, is perfectly natural that after a long interval, a year approximately, he should give Nazarenes another opportunity to hear his teachings, and I think he does, uh, to witness his miracles, another opportunity, which he would not work for them when demanded, show us miracles, show us miracles. Uh, but now voluntarily works in a few cases where some people believe. And I think some Jewish people believe today, but they keep it secret. I saw a video, I mentioned this before, where a guy goes through Jerusalem and he, and he talks about, you know, born of a virgin, um, all the prophecies about Christ, born in Nazareth. Uh, and, and he would ask him, who, who in the Bible, who does that describe? And, and he would give them Old Testament verses. Old Testament verses. Uh, the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. all. All we like sheep have gone astray, but the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. And they would, he would ask, who, who is that? Who is, who is it talking about? And they would, they would know who he was getting at. And two, I would say two-thirds of them would say, you know, I don't know, I, um, you know or, or get, get, you know, walk away. But it seemed to me about one-third, and again, you know, people can edit things however they want, but, but quite a few, about a third of the people he, that was on the video said very quietly, Yeshua, which is Jesus in Hebrew. And so I think there were some people that were believing, but if you want to stay involved in the synagogue and you don't want to get kicked out of the synagogue, then you're going to not make the Pharisees angry. 
ain't no way to run an airline, in my opinion. All right, but uh, so far as they're now wonderful unbelief left it appropriate. They're, they're amazing unbelief. So he did miracles uh, as much as he could. All right, um, so now we're going to take a look at uh, episode 69, The Last Visit to Nazareth. And um, all right, verse 1, verse 1 of of, uh, Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, verse 1, Mark chapter 6, verse 1, Mark chapter 6. Verse 1. And Jesus, and he, Jesus, went out from thence and came to his own country. So he left wherever he was. Now, it wasn't Capernaum because he just left Capernaum and was somewhere else. But he's 20 miles away as the crow flies from Capernaum is Nazareth. He hasn't been back in a year. Verse Mark chapter 6, verse 1. And he went out from thence and came into his own country. Again, that word country is, you know, where you live. Um, you know, it's, it's a town. And uh, like Jacksonville's a town and a county. So anyway, um, the country around Nazareth would probably be called Nazareth as well. And he went out from thence and came into his own country where he lived for 30 years as the carpenter's son, and I think later as the carpenter. He is called the carpenter by one of the, somewhere in the New Testament, by the people of Nazareth, I think. I think we're going to run into it here. And he came out of thence and came into his own country. And Joseph isn't mentioned uh, after he was 12, so I, I don't know how long Joseph lived. But And he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples follow him. So, uh, again, it's called the company of disciples, out of which he chose twelve apostles. So, this this could be a a company is like a hundred. Set up by Moses, leaders of tens, hundreds, thousands. And that's pretty much, that's management. Management, I've, I, Took a got a took classes in management and it uh, traced the book I we used uh, University of Southern California used um, you know taught, went back to Moses for the beginning of management because his father-in-law said hey you, you're going to need some help running you're going to work yourself to death. And the people are going to, you know, because they all want to see you and you need more people to judge all these people. Anyway, um, Mark chapter 6, verse 1. And Jesus went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples follow him. And when the Sabbath day was come, the seventh day, Saturday, he began to teach in the synagogue. This is, again, where they grabbed him and took him out a year ago and wanted to throw him off a cliff, but it was not his time. And many hearing him were astonished. You know, that's that's a step below belief. And I think it's pretty evident by what they say. 
verse 2, Luke, Mark chapter 6, verse 2. And when the sa Sabbath was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which he is given, which is given unto him, that even the, such mighty works are wrought by his hands? These works are are famous throughout uh, Old Testament Israel, which is about approximately 5,000 square miles. Verse 3, they go on to say, Is not this the carpenter? There it is right there. There's where he, he's called the carpenter. Um, not the carpenter's son, but the carpenter. I think he took his father's place in Nazareth. A year, he left a year ago. Went, took Mary. Well, he went to be baptized. And then he went back to Capernaum, or he, no, he went back to where uh, to the east side of the Sea of Galilee, where uh, Andrew and Peter lived, and James and John. And then he went over to he got an invitation, or the whole region, I guess, got an invitation to this huge wedding in Cana, and his mother was there, and the first miracle was done. And then they go back and spend a, a certain number of days in Capernaum. This becomes the new headquarters for Jesus. He doesn't go back to Nazareth for a year. And he uh, he heads south and he meets, first person he meets in the temple is the high priest, Caiaphas. And he after he clears out the temple, Caiaphas says, why do you do this? And he says, tear down his temple and I'll rebuild it in three days. And three years later he uses that against him. Anyway, verse, uh, verse three, is not this the carpenter's is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and Joes, and Judah, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So it's impossible to tell how many. Sounds like there were five boys in Joseph and Mary's family. There was Jesus and his half-brothers, James, Joes, uh, Judah, and Simon. And... Law of averages, you could guess maybe uh, four sisters, but I, you know, it could be it's more than one because are not his sisters here with us, so they live in Nazareth, and they were offended at him. The people that were astonished that heard him teach in a synagogue were offended of him. <coughs> were his family members offended at him? Let's see what happens here. Let's go to uh, verse 4. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, kin, family. And some theologians want to say that the word brother could apply to cousin and things like that. But I'm going to take it at face value. Um... I'm not sure sister could, but anyway. Uh, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. Verse 5, And Jesus could there do no mighty work save that he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. So when Jesus said, I can heal, I can give sight to the blind if you believe, and the guy got his sight, I think it's safe to say he was a believer. 
And again, he healed the, the, the man's son who, he said, Lord, I believe helped out my unbelief. And, and so I think a little bit of faith in Jesus goes a long way. And it gets stronger over time. But I had, I had very strong faith in Jesus because it was in Jesus. It wasn't in me. It wasn't dependent on me keeping Lent or anything else or making New Year's resolutions that I couldn't keep. I always went on a diet until I got hungry. That was the story of my life. And so I knew that if it depended on me, I couldn't get it. So I, I didn't, I had zero faith in me, but the God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, I had tremendous faith in the God of whosoever. I was a whosoever, and I wasn't making any promises that I knew I wasn't going to keep. I was just believing in him as my savior. Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. And he could there do no mighty works. By faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice. Going back to the garden, or right after the garden, second, first, second child born, Abel offered a better sacrifice and came. By faith, Abel. He knew that sacrifice represented the Messiah, the seed of the woman that would bruise Satan's head. Verse 5, And Jesus could there do no mighty works that he laid his hands, save that he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Again, the idea of wonderful unbelief. <laughs> you know, how can you not believe? And that's pretty much where I'm at. How can people not believe? How can so few Jewish people believe? I just, I've only known a couple of Jewish believers in my life, and I've been around Christian work for most of my adult life, or at least involved in churches. I just don't see a lot of Jewish people in the Gentile church. That's going to change when the rapture occurs and the Jewish and the Gentile believers are taken out, the church is taken out. And they're going to look upon God whom they have pierced, Zechariah 12.10. And they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son and be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. He marveled because of their unbelief and he went round about villages teaching. So he left Nazareth and went around to other parts of the country there uh, in Galilee teaching. Okay, now we're going to take a look at the last visit in Matthew chapter 13. We're going to take a look at five verses in Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, verse 54. Matthew chapter 13, verse 54. The last visit to Nazareth recorded by Matthew, who was the tax collector who lived in Capernaum. And, and the fifth apostle by my count. There was Andrew, Peter, I think James and John, that's my guess. They definitely were reunited when they came up north if they weren't at the baptism with their fishing partners, Peter and his brother Andrew. And anyway, um, okay. Um, Matthew chapter 13, verse 54. And when Jesus was come into his own country, Nazareth, the region of Nazareth, the county of Nazareth, whatever. He taught them in their synagogue on the Sabbath day, insomuch 
that they were astonished. Again, that's you don't need to be astonished. I was astonished by the gospel, the grace of God. I absolutely was. I was, I was, I was astonished. Are you kidding me? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Here I am worried about people that never heard and God died for them, sent his son to die for them or took on flesh. The beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we crucified him and he was come into his own country and he taught them in their synagogue insomuch that they were astonished and said, whence hath this and this wisdom and these mighty works. Again, they're going to, I guess, going to go with the, um, he does it through Satan idea. Verse 55, Matthew chapter 13, verse 55. Is not this the carpenter's son? So here they, Matthew recorded, I think some called him the carpenter, some called him the carpenter's son. Uh, probably the older generation called him the carpenter's son. The, his generation called probably called him the carpenter because that's what they knew him as. Anyway, uh, it doesn't mean there's a mistake in the Bible. It just means that Matthew record, recorded what he heard and, and John recorded what he heard. I mean, uh, Mark recorded what he heard. Verse 55, Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not this his mother called Mary and his brother and James, Joe, Simon, and Judah? Same four boys, younger brothers, younger half-brothers. And his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence hath this man all these things? How can he do this? Well, there's a really good answer for that. Read your Old Testament. Verse 57. Matthew chapter 13, verse 56. I'm sorry, verse, oh, verse 57. Verse 50. And they were offended in him. And, but Jesus answered and said, A prophet is not without honor, save except in his own country and in his own house, which I think refers to his family. His hometown and his even his own family. And I think we'll see that his brothers at a year from now will say, Hey, Jesus, you should go to Jerusalem for the Passover knowing that it will cost him his life. And I'll find out, again, being born half-brother of Jesus doesn't make you safe. Being born at McDonald's doesn't make you a French fry. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> My cough drop did me dirt. <coughs> I'm so sorry. And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. I think God does mighty, mighty works. And in, in, in Paul said in Philippians 1.12, All these things have happened to me. He's writing from prison at the end of his life the Philippians and saying all these things shipwrecked, stoned at Lystra I think he was disfigured from that all these I think he, is, he had a problem with his eyesight but all these things happened unto me for the furtherance of the gospel and if you read uh, the next two verses after Philippians 
1.12, it says, so many people have been emboldened, emboldened by his example to present the gospel. And that's what we do up to the rapture. That's We pray for boldness and opportunities to share Christ. I think it's wrong for us to pray for the Lord to return. I mean, come on. We just let, let, that, let him do it when he's ready to do it. Why would you ask him to do that? Trust in the Lord that he'll come at just the right time when everyone's had an opportunity to hear. And we got these podcasts reaching out to the world like this. And I know I'm not the only one that's making podcasts that are, that are about the gospel of the grace of God, the whosoever gospel. All right, I think that pretty much closes it up. And uh, next podcast will be uh, episode 70. The third tour of Galilee after instructing the twelve and sending them forth by twos. In uh, episode 70 and 71, we have the third tour of Galilee, Jesus following the twelve and the effect of Herod Antipas. I think Herod Antipas is the one that, uh, he's the king of the Jews appointed by the Romans, and uh, the one at the crucifixion of Christ. There are six Herods, so it gets a little confusing, but uh, I guess this would be number six. I'm not completely sure about that. Anyway, um, we could read the book of Acts maybe to keep track of the Herods better. All right, um, I'm going to say adios, which is to God. And I'm going to say, vaya con Dios, go with God.